All right, Nobody Talks Shidduchim Podcast, episode 72, Dating Coach Consultation. Uh, people, I am alone this episode. Avery will be calling in to chat and catch up with us and uh, give us his take on this topic. And uh, we're also actually going to be joined by a special guest. Special guest, yay. Uh, we're going to have um, Mrs. Rifka. Jan, no, sorry, Janowski Rockkind. Okay, so we'll just call her Rick, Rifka, and she'll she'll tell us her her you know the specifics of her name. Um, yeah, she was vetted. We had a conversation. You know, it's not like I just let anybody on. Um, so this topic we're going to discuss. Um, bring on a co- dating co- a consultant who's going to give us some ideas, some big points that she you know, comes across and things she believes are going to better help us, you know, singles out there um, kind of uh, at least at the very least, like, you know, maybe gain some more confidence, handle things better. Um, you know, I, I certainly think by doing these things, we'll, we'll, we're going to have a, a lot more of a propitious uh, outcome and, you know, maybe some good fortune will come our way. All right. We'll be back right after this. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we have Rifka Janowski Rockhinds on the show. We're going we're gonna to give the, the claps, the applause. Okay, I'm not sure if you hear that, Rifka. <laughs> I can. <laughs> oh, you can. Oh, my God. I was like, can they still hear, you know, the, those sounds? It's so great to have you on the show um, on the Nobody Talks Shidduchim podcast. Um you, you know, the episode's titled Dating Coach Consultation, so certainly um, I'm going to try as best as I can to stay as objective as possible and not just specifically subjective, you know, specific situations, um, you know, because then I guess it would just it would be like a free consultation for me in a way. But, I, you know, maybe, okay. the, maybe the audience wants that, and if, if that's the case, awesome. Um, you know, win, 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 right? <laughs> so, sure. so first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, just like, you know, maybe a minute walk through, um, and cause I'm sure we'll have some time at the end to kind of go through everything where they can find you. Um, but tell me a little bit about yourself and your shidduch journey, your shidduch experience, as I call it, the shidduch core, you know, tell us about that experience for you and this way people can get an idea kind of where you're coming from. Sure. Okay. So first and foremost, my day job, I'm a mental health therapist or as some people call them psychotherapists. Um, and I've been doing this for 10 plus years at this point. Um, but I think what qualifies me, uh, to be a good dating coach is I got married when I was 28. So I have nine plus years of dating experience in the Shadok world. Um, and while being a therapist helps me listen to what people are saying, perceive patterns, helping people understand how they really feel uh, from a professional standpoint, um, I think the dating experience gives me perspective and insight and understanding into the world of the single. I love it. I love it. I actually, you know, I, 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 I will selfishly say that I like the fact that you got married older because now I feel like you can really relate 
to people who are, you know, sit and struggling in the Shidduch core because there are sure. so many different stages in this thing, as they used to say in the, in the mafia, um, <laughs> that, 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 you know, it, it just constantly changes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's your friends, whether it's your relationships, whether it's what, you know, what you have with your family, where you're physically going to be, where you're physically going to end up being. There's so much changing and there's so much going on. I think that's like the first point people should realize, like this is grounds to talk to someone, therapist, dating coach. Like there's tumultuous, um, asp- you know, tumultuous patterns going around because your friends are getting married. Um, if your girls, I'm sur- sure a lot of them are getting married. If your guys, there are just so many different things going on, whether they're going to work or they're going to marry or they're staying in yeshiva, there are different routes there. So, you know, what's going through your mind now is like, oh my God, like I have so many things, so many possibilities, which people are really attracted to, you know, us singles mm-hmm. love the possibilities, <laughs> um, yep. you know, uh, uh, well, am I really, you know, ready to get married? Do I want to get married? Uh, you know, certainly, uh, I feel that's a very real thing. What are your thoughts on, on, on that? Yeah, sure. So to your first point about your friends getting married or even like, you know, at the, if you're at the point where your friends are married um, and, you know, having a professional to speak to, I think it's really important because I've noticed that while we try to be objective and good friends to our friends, a lot of times, whatever stage we're in, we want them to be in that stage with us. So if your married friends want you to be married and sort of gloss over any red flags that they hear, but also they're not professional. So like, they don't know what to listen for. Um, your single friends don't necessarily want to let you go, let's say, to the other side yet. So they might not either have your you know best interests in mind. And family members also have you know some skin in the game, as they say. Their judgment is clouded. Um, they have their own perspectives about things. And I want to say even like, and, and I don't mean this in any sort of demeaning way towards any sort of groups of people, but like, you know, Machanchem and Machanchos also are not necessarily trained to give you good advice or to hear what you're really saying or how you really feel. And, you know, just as a single, it was my experience where I spoke to, you know, trusted teachers who I could have trusted for good advice about a lot of other things when it came to dating in hindsight, I don't feel like they gave me good advice. They don't have the training or sometimes that broader knowledge. And that's not everybody, right? I'm not here to paint everybody with that broad brush. But I think that it is important to find somebody who understands the dating world, whether it's shidduch dating or just in general or feelings. And there is a distinction between a dating coach and a therapist, and we can get into that if you want to, um, when you should talk to a dating coach and when you should talk to a therapist. But overall, I believe that the best way about it is to speak to a professional, not just to the people in your life who like have given you advice about everything else. Oh my gosh, I love I love what you just said there. Um, I could not agree more with that statement that mechanchim sometimes are not the best people to hear, for, you know, to hear from or get guided to, and 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 they don't even have the training for that. A million percent. A million percent. And I want to like, I hope people can realize how important of a statement that is and and also something to actually, um, you know, 
try to like put into your life. You know, it's not yeah. just like uh, a, a cute mantra, you know, but like, and I'm someone who actually went, I went to yeshiva in Israel and I really, I was like, wow, I can't wait for these people to just, you know, uh, make me me, you know, and, and make me who mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be and, and give me the best advice. And I really found the opposite of, you know, most of the, um, you know, Rebbeim or Mechanchem that I was f- facing. And I quickly realized I had to kind of like transition that relationship. Like, okay, this is going to be a Rebbe and we're going to have fun. But I don't know if it's someone who's really going to guide me through life. Um, and oh. and so, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these mechanchim out in 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 seminaries and in and yeshivas, they're from a very different time. I mean, these people who moved out there, you know, think of it. It's the America of you know the '90s, the early 2000s. Like the America now is so different. Europe so different. The mm-hmm. the world, the Jewish world itself, has become dr- drastically globalized drastically right. globalized so it's not even just that you know well there's technology and you know there's com- there's vast quick forms of communication you're literally also talking about a a globalization of jewish communities mixing together and sure. certainly shaduchim um just like probably anything else isn't so isn't like so prepared for that. Now I would just say the last comment on that with Mechanchem. Yeah, I, I, you know, not look, it's, I remember, you know, when I was um, a counselor in camp and I was, you know, being recruited to do, you know, more Chinuch like roles. Like I, I worked in NCSY, I did, you know, work for the OU, for the OU, OU's NCSY and other programs like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in those they 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 they'll take people who are interested and it's very nice but it's not like they're going to vet you and train you and like you know bring you to this this position where you're really capable of actually understanding hey what these kids are going through and where what can I do now to to kind of bring them through this part of life yeah. um certainly certainly there's plenty of blame to go around. You can blame the base yakos. You can blame the parents, whatever, whatever. And I certainly think it's probably more the reality. Just people just, you know, kind of see a hot mess and they just want it to pass by. You know, at least at least that's the answer I'm going to consider for myself. But but like that's the truth of it um, that, you know, uh, that like these these people may not actually be your your end end all be all. Um, you know, live or die, you know, shliach, shluchim, that is going to get you where you need to get. You know, it's kind of, I think it really reflects perfectly. And I'm just going to end here. And I don't want to, I don't want to come off anyway in like, like a rueful sorrow air way. But, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like, it's very similar to your shidduch journey. Literally take it, you know, hour by hour day by day, date by date, just like, you know, in seminary with, with some of those machanchem, like just, just take it day by day, hour by hour. Like don't, you know, just take it through that, that chapter in the book. Don't, don't overdo it. Don't 
throw on too much. Certainly ride the emotion, ride the emotional roller coaster. That's always fun. But anyway, that's that's what I'm going to comment on. That I obviously had a lot to say. Um, I yeah, know, sure. You know, I I just want to add though that there are some mechanchem or mechanchos who you know they have done the work to or you know have the background or you know did the training to be able to help people figure some of this stuff out. But I think that's the difference. There's a difference between like asking Das Torah and speaking to a dating coach, talking to a therapist. There, it's two separate things, and that's For why sure. it's important to speak to the right person about the right thing. Oh yeah, I love that. All right, right, a hundred percent. I love what you're saying there because right, just like you know, you have a, a personal trainer who's going to you know prepare you to work out. You have a rabbi to you know kind of give you hashkafic, uh, rabbinic. Right, you'll have a dating coach for that. What do you, what do you think are you know probably the three most important things that dating coaches um, need to help need to need to help their patient you know their their clients not right their clients coming in what do you know is the top three things that even if you never see the person again you know you need to at least try to help them or or consult with them or whatever it may be um those three top things are we talking about somebody who is having trouble dating in general or are they talking about a specific person they're dating well i think well, I well, you can tell me what it really is, but I think everyone coming in is going to be struggling in this in this in this thing in this in the shidduch core in the shidduch core in in the shidduch world. Like they're going to well, be having struggles. So, or you know, well, and I guess that's a distinction because I feel like I'll say like there's two really. I mean, it can definitely merge, but if I'm if I'm just thinking objectively, I think there's like two different types of people that seek me out as a dating coach. There are the people who have like questions and quandaries about a specific, you know, situation, a person that they're dating, um, whether they're stuck or there's something that they have a question regarding how, you know, that person brings up in them. Or then there's the people who are having trouble dating. Um, and maybe they don't see patterns, but they've recognized that it is them and it is patterns about what's going on in their life. And definitely a lot of those people come in while they're dating somebody and they recognize that there's an issue, you know, a a larger, maybe they didn't recognize yet there's a larger issue, but they come in on that premise. Does Mm. that answer your question? Yeah, no, that does. That certainly does. I want to pivot into, you know, uh, I want to pivot into like now, let's say, you know, you're going on a date, you're dating somebody, there's a relationship there. Let me ask you, um, you know, we have good communications with our audience, our, you know, our people where obviously Avery and I are still shit daters. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing I can certainly say is I've noticed that people like aren't in tuned on dates anymore, you know, whether it's because uh, they've been out for the 300th time or whether, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it, it, it kind of becomes all a blur. Um, whatever the reasons may be, what are, what are some, what are some, is this something you're seeing as a dating coach? Is it something that, you know, your, um, your, you know, you would, what, what advice would you give for someone who needs to get more tuned in on dates? Sure. So, um, I guess I'll start with, there's like a few different ways to think about being tuned in, right? Is it, paying attention on the date to what your date is saying? Is it paying attention to yourself and how you're feeling? 
because um, both are important, right? I mean, you want to pay attention to the conversation, like give the person like basic human decency. Um, and by you having trouble doing that, a lot of times it is virtue of the fact that like, it just feels like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and so, right. So I guess part of that is you need to find something that you find interesting, right? So it's really up to you to bring up an interesting conversation, you know, or go somewhere that's more interesting, right? I found like even if a date was really boring and I could tell right away that this person was not for me, if we were in an interesting setting, it helped me sort of focus on, you know, this experience. And maybe it's, I didn't like the person, but help me just, you know, be in the moment. And I think that's maybe something that can help people try to be in the moment. If you are really bored on the date, that definitely says something and we can talk more about that. But um, do something that is more interesting than sitting in a hotel lounge. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's certainly a big killer <laughs> you know? uh, because I get it. Like when it's, people just don't want to just, you know, throw money out on things, especially now with inflation and, and, uh, sure. you know, Biden's, so Biden's America where like everything is very expensive, very expensive, gone <laughs> through the roof. Like I remember when I was able to go out on a shidduch date and literally, you know, spend 40, 50 bucks. Now it's like, I'm going out and it's a hundred dollars down and no, no, <sighs> you no question wherever I go, even if I go to Starbucks, <laughs> wow, that was a joke. But uh, those being facetious there. But but I wouldn't know, believe it though, right? If you're driving, you know, like putting gas in your car costs you a hundred bucks in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. Look, if you're traveling, right? If you're traveling, uh, you're from from Maryland or Baltimore. You're living there now, yeah. so yeah, certainly. I mean, if you're just driving a driving alone, it's insane, you know. Um, no, really, use that miser money, people. That's all I could tell you. Uh, let's let's continue postulating though, and um, try you know get into some other things. I know you mentioned something very interesting here in in the episode prep. Um, is there one person you're supposed to marry? Okay, I'm very intrigued by this. And mm-hmm. spill the beans. Let, <laughs> tell me, uh, you know, tell me if there is or isn't. I would like to hear what you have to say on that. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to start off by saying, like, this is very controversial. So I'm just giving my opinion. It's not a fact. I'm not talking to the Ashkafa part of it. I'm the wrong person to talk to Ashkafa. Like, you know, speak to your local Orthodox rabbi about that one. So this one... <laughs> This one is my opinion. Um, and I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that there isn't one person you're supposed to marry, or at least you should not go into dating think, thinking that there's one person that you're supposed to marry. Right? Because it's really easy to get stuck in the mindset of like, how do I know that this is the one? Right? And I don't believe that there's one person. And just think about it in this way, right? Like, if there's one person in the world that you're supposed to marry, like what happens if they make choices that doesn't make them the person that you want to marry and vice versa, right? But if you make choices, uh, you know, and that person doesn't, you know, the person we're supposed to marry doesn't want to marry you. So we have lots of choice, right? So I think we probably have multiple Zivugin, like this is brought down. Like I said, I'm not going to speak to that scuffle part of it, but I, I think just the idea of you're looking for the best person for you, um, right? It's your job to do the best with information that you have, right? It's important for you to make a list of things that are non-negotiable. And then like everything else is icing on the cake. And we could get into that more if you want to. 
But just to answer the question, like, is there one person you're supposed to marry? The answer, I believe, is no. Oh, no. Oh, I love that. Oh, I thought you were going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) That puts a lot of pressure on on singles. Oh, really? Oh, my God. one person... I thought you were going to say yes. I was like, oh, she's going to say yes. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about it. I think I'm actually even like at a point where I'm indifferent with really like just, just not too many feelings. And hopefully I can carry this out in the most perfunctory way. But you know, there, there is, I think it might say in the Zohar, I, I you know, people will, you know, people would, it will Instagram me if, uh, if I'm correct, but you know, there are seven neshamas that you can end up with. Okay. That's like the Torah, you know, a little bit of the, uh, the Torah, or at least I don't know, maybe, maybe the, the, you know, the sub Torah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that people are interested in and, the Torah you know, yeah, right. No, the Torah, but Shabal Peh. And, um, you know, there are seven Nishamas, and it just really depends uh, how you were raised, how you grew up, what decisions your parents made, what decisions the community made, what decisions people you surrounded with, how, you know, how the world ended up, um, ended up after, you know, 20 years of you, of you on this earth, 25 years, 30 years, or, or, or 28 years in your case. And that's what's going to lead you to um i think it says three of those neshamas and what what you know the people through three um zivog that zivogs that you can zivogim that are zivogot that you can end up with and i uh in the more spiritual you know like spiritual aspect or, or the more you know or even maybe in just an emotional way where like trying to make you know a fond of things that you know i'd like to think that's very true and i think it is very possible um, you know, more or less, uh, there, there was some rabbi we had on a while back, um, or at least a contributor who mentioned that, you know, I don't really, uh, you know, now that I'm, I'm, you know, happily married and where I'm, where I am, I kind of look back and said, yeah, it didn't really make a difference, you know, which yeshiva or which camp or which, you know, community I grew up in. I really could have seen myself kind of, uh, get to where I was supposed to be as an adult, you know, so there, there certainly is, uh, is that aspect as well. Like, you know, just maybe there, there, there is that there are a few different people you could marry, but ultimately where you're supposed to end up, you know, you're supposed to end up in Mitzrayim like Yaakov Avinu. He went down to Mitzrayim. He was supposed, he would have gone down in chains. He would have gone down um, in royalty. He, right. He had literally like the president Trump, you know, in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia arrival, you know, that's what kind of party he had. And, um, you know, just, you know, you the same, like there's certain decisions and mindsets we have, that's how we're going to end up where we end up. But I could certainly see the opposite, the, uh, the other side of it, like a hundred percent. I, you know, there's, there's, for some people, there are just one, there's just one person out there. So hopefully, uh, hopefully whoever, you know, any of my exes listening here, I didn't scare them away. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I want to get through the topic list also, cause there's so much information and we're here with Rifka. Um, um, we were here with Rifka, a dating coach who is, um, walking us through for, you know, people tuning in, listening in, they're just skipping towards the middle. Um, let me ask you, actually, I, I really liked something you mentioned. You mentioned, these pink flags and deal breakers. Okay. Uh, what are those exactly? Sure. So I don't remember who coined this 
term pink flags, whether it was me, one of my friends, or somebody that I was listening to. But I would say that a pink flag is that step before a red flag, right? Whereas the red flag is a deal breaker. That's that deal breaker is the stopping point. But a pink flag is pause. And it's something to pay attention to. Um, and it usually means not always, but it can mean that there's possibly something wrong. And the reason why pink flags are important is because you need to listen to all of the information that you're getting um, about the person that you're dating, right? Just all the feelings that you have, all the things that happen. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, somebody that I know, she was on a date. They were not in a great, the greatest neighborhood. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And this was like in the middle of COVID. So she had driven separately. And he did not walk her to her car. He just said, you know, good night. And they went their separate ways. So that's a pink flag. Like, it doesn't have to mean anything. He just mean like he wasn't thinking. He was anxious to get home, whatever it was. But it's like, does this happen again? What happens next? Is he going to apologize about that? Is he going to think about it? What happens if she brings it up? Um, or another story. Um, this actually happened to me. Um, I was on a date and... Um, I think I got a drink or something that had whipped cream and my hair just like went into the whipped cream and there was like a stack of napkins by his elbow. Oof, I was like, oh. <laughs> and I like, and I was like, Oh gosh, like look at this or whatever. I said something side effects. And he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. That's something that girls have to deal with. And I was just like, what? Like he was just so out to lunch. Oh, I was gosh. like, Hey, can you pass me a napkin? And he's like, Oh, like, and he didn't even like make that connection. Um, and then later I learned about him that he just is like out to lunch. Like he doesn't think about these things. And I'm someone who like <laughs> wants someone to notice that, like, you know, wants someone to open doors for me and like notice what I'm feeling and like be aware of what's going on. I think a lot of girls want that. Not everybody needs that. But like, it wasn't a red flag. That wasn't a deal breaker for me. We still went out again. But it was something that said something about him. So that's what a pink flag is. You're something so to pay attention to. <laughs> 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 I hear yeah. that. I, I hear that. Um, certainly, you know, it could just be me at my age and at my experience, meaning my, my tolerance level, because that's, that's what happens. Like when you're doing something for so many years, you know, your tolerance level just goes down um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you're very aware and you can kind of forecast, um, you know, like, you know, something that might end up you know, being very bad or like wretched that, that yeah. imposes, you know, in it. And, you know, for me, um, um, you know, pink flags, opening up doors, things like that. I, you know, though, I think those are, those are, those are good for young daters, for people who are, who's, who maybe still hold on to that. Um, I don't know. I would probably try to figure out, you know, pink flags, you know, I guess something, maybe more on yourself, you know, things like, Hey, what am I doing on this date? You know, if I mm. look back, like, what did I, what did I do? Like this person said no, and I'm okay with that. And I'm, and I was going to say no anyway to this person, but they said no first. Hmm. Let me think of those pink flags that maybe I could have, you know, done better. And, mm -hmm. and I can tell you that's, ha that's helped me you know, that's helped me get to a dater that I can look in the mirror and be proud of. And also I can also just, um, you know, I could also like now I don't really have much, you know, to look or pick at because, you know, just, there are just no more pink flags, you know, <laughs> of course, how perfect I am, but, <laughs> but, 
But, um, you know, for an, as an experienced dater, I would say I'm not sitting there. Oh, did they open the door? Did they do this? I get that. You know, at the end of the day, you do just have to vibe with the person. But also, you know, sometimes you're not. Sometimes maybe, you know, you like them and you're just not vibing. You want to try to stick it out. So um, I, I, I like the pink flag aspect. It's, it's something uh, I think I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and, uh, certainly I, I've, I think I've used it a little bit more on myself to perfect my, uh, my dating because dating, dating is, it, it's a talent. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's not, it's not something it's like, it's a verb, a noun, right? It's not, it's not actually, um, it, it's a talent. It's, it's an art. That's what, like, it's an art, this thing, you know, it really yeah. is. And you yeah. have to learn it. Mm-hmm. You have to learn, sure. you know, like my friends who I think back and I remember, you know, I used to love bragging at Shabbos tables and other places like, oh, you know, my best friend got married to the first girl. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, I look back and I'm like, maybe they were just both really crappy daters <laughs> and they just like they just worked out, you know, they just kind of like ended up together because they were just such bad daters. They like they didn't even think, well, what did I do wrong? And, you know, that relationship changed a little bit later when, you know, they were calling me up, trying to set me up, telling me what I was doing wrong. So whatever. But that's a whole other conversation there. Um, yeah. How do you know? But how do you know? Like you're mentioning these pink flags. How do you know someone is right for you? You know, what what what, sure. what yeah, are you looking good for? Question. What are you looking for? Aside for that feeling inside that you get like, oh, my God, you know, Johnny and Amber, Johnny and Amber. And then, bam, it becomes Johnny <laughs> and Amber. And then you're like, oh, my God, get me out of here now. But what are you looking for? What What are they? Good question. I just wanted to speak to something you said before 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 answering that question i think i like your idea about noticing what are you doing that could be pink flags for somebody else but just an important point um i don't you know i think it's more about the concept of what's happening on the date yeah because you could be vibing with somebody and then there will still be these pink flags and that's what i'm talking about that's the difference it's not like this is a stopping point but this does say something about the person right like you can really like somebody and we have a nice having a nice time with them, but then they do something or they don't do something that really does mean something. And you have to know that. And you have to realize that like, these are things that you might just let go because you like the person and you might just ignore. And that's the purpose of these pink flags. I don't know if you got that. Um, no, I, I, I did get, uh, I, I think I okay. did. And certainly no, certainly definitely cl- cleared it up a little bit more for sure. For sure. Uh, uh, maybe the story will help you. So I was dating somebody for, I don't know, maybe a month and a half at, you know, at this point that the story took place. And it was like around the time when the Powerball got to be like a million dollars, whatever it was. And we were talking about it. And I was saying like, I'm not lucky like that. I would never be able to win something like that. The only way that I would like get any money from Powerball would be if I married somebody who won. Cause he had like mentioned that he's lucky like that. He wins raffles and whatever. <laughs> and he like looked panicked for a minute. And then he was like, if I win the Powerball, I'm not marrying you. Okay. We were, we were dating for like six weeks. I like think that's a pink flag, well. honestly. I think it's a pink flag. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then later we had, we continued dating, which like in hindsight was probably not a good idea. But, like, he was the one who sort of, like, dragged his feet and then just broke it off. So, right, like, hindsight is twenty twenty. But, like, that's what I'm talking about, a pink flag. Like, I, I liked him, so I thought it was, like, funny. I was, like, a little put off by it, but I just sort of ignored it. That's what I mean. 
Okay, got it, got it. No, I, I, I think that's, I think um, that's how I certainly saw it. You know, okay. um, I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly more of uh, someone who tries to be less aware on dates. You know, give, give the give the chance to the person, but ex- exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, that, that, that would be in essence, I guess a pink flag, but let, but let's say you get through these pink flags, like who, you know, like I was asking, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, sorry here. Um, you know, how do you know this is, this person's right for you? You know, how do you know, is there some kind of formula? Because aside from the feelings, like some, you're going to get a feeling and, well, I'll tell you like this. I'm sorry. I shouldn't really say that. Uh, guys are going to get a feeling. Guys will get a feeling, this is the girl I want to marry, and I, I, I know it, I respect it, and it's the MS. Girls, I see, have a lot more of more tough time, and I've kind of um, uh, opened up a conversation a few episodes ago. Like, you know, that's girls are going to be a lot more indecisive in the beginning, and then they're talking to their friends who don't want them to be married. They're talking to their parents who have no idea what, you know, American Jewish yeshiva boys are really like or any experience in shidduch dating. Like, like they don't know. So they're just going to kind of like banter into their ear and just tell them what they want to hear or at least lead them down a road. At least that's how I could, how I see it. And I get that. I'm, I'm, I, I have empathy for it, but even still you'd have some guys. What are, so, but, but not all the time do you get, those good vibes, you know, as serial shidduch daters, like a lot of people who listen to the podcast, meaning we're, we, we go on shidduch dates and like, we just can't, we can't crack a relationship open. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some things that you can look for or hear or try to find or know that someone, you know, could be right. I don't want to say no is right, but like, let's first start with could be right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first of all, when you're talking about a feeling, that feeling needs to be there, right? Like, you know, you don't know if you want to marry someone, but you know, if you're having a good time with them, you know, if you want to see them again, you know, if there's like, you would rather be anywhere else besides for on the state, you can tell between dates, like, yep. if, right, like, <laughs> if you want to go spend another four or five hours with this person, or you would rather do homework, right? I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Oh my God. That's a red flag people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's a great gauge. So, so that's number one, right. For the guy and for the girl, if you're somebody who you're just so nervous between dates that you never really want to go on any date, that's a different thing. That's anxiety. That's like when we get into, if we get up to it, like what are some of the things that stand in the way of people committing slash getting engaged slash getting married? Uh, We can talk about that. But that's, that's a different ball game that we're talking about. But just generally, for somebody who is not crippled by anxiety like that, but, you know, just sort of burnt out of dating a lot. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, you know, when it feels good to like spend time with someone, if you're having fun or if you're just sort of like, you know, doing it out of a sense of obligation. So there's that. That's first of all, like you enjoy talking to the person. Are you having a good time? Are you looking forward to seeing them again? That needs to be there. For sure. Um, for sure. That's where it starts. And then how do you know if someone is for you? You need to have that list of like the three or four or five things that are non-negotiable, right? That speak to the things that are important for you. And if you don't have that list, I suggest that you like talk to someone who's going to help you figure that out, right? Like how wise, what are you looking for? Like, 
you know, are there religious things that you're not going to negotiate on? Personality. And you might not know what the personality specifically is that you need, but like, how does that person make you feel, right? Like, do you feel your best? Do you feel secure in yourself? Do you feel happy when you're with the person? All these sort of questions. Yeah, no, those, those, um, those are questions. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Um, you know, those are proactive questions to ask, ask yourself and, uh, and certainly kind of like gauge where, where you are, where you are at, how, how you are feeling, you know, not everything's mm-hmm. just going to be like, you know, so quaint and charming and, and, and it just, it, it works out. I, I think a big struggle that us singles have is getting in the mood, getting into the mood. Mm-hmm. It's not just necessarily, well, I'm going to know because it's just going to like spark, you know, for, for a guy, um, you know, it's a lot, uh, most of it is based off of looks, you know, which are, um, you know, uh, unfortunately they're, 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 like they're subject uh, well they're actually they're very objective it's a very sub- objective look like you know either most like all guys will find the very attractive girl pretty and you know other girls it's very subjective like here and there so when everyone's kind of getting mixed mixed and matched um you know uh, most of the time it's it's you know it might not be with someone who you find so attractive and miss beautiful and i th- and and with the girls it's just it's something else it's other things is there a way that a single that we can get our minds into the date? You know, drinking is great. I'll tell people drink (laughs) girls, take some shots before you get into the car. Seriously. Don't worry. It's all good. It's all vetted. Seriously. Like, Let's not think, oh my God, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna, who knows what he's gonna do. He's gonna, he's gonna like, let's chill. Um, I don't know for, you know, for guys, yeah, maybe we'll drink a little, but we're driving. So it's a little tough. We'll eat a good meal. You know, we'll just, we'll just try to figure out how to like ease that tension. Yeah. Well, just to that point, right. What is that drink doing for you? Think about it from that perspective. If you can't necessarily, or you won't take a drink, or if you feel like, why do I need a drink in order to have a good time on this date? Right. What is mm-hmm. that drink doing for you? That's the question. And I think in that answer is the answer to this question. I'm speaking of riddles. I'll just tell you. It helps you to to relax, right? It helps you to be more yourself. Yeah, yeah. Brings Mm -hmm. down those leery feelings that you're going to naturally have, you know, when you're meeting someone new. Right. And I think also, like, there could be a lot at stake. And if you think the person is attractive and you like them, you want them to like you. And that makes you more nervous. And that's more tension. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, no, it really, right? it, re- it really is. Yeah. And it also, you know, it, it, it yeah, a, a lot of it is also going to be like how you react as well. Like you might be a little bit more, you know, everyone's, everyone is going to be nervous. It's, it's, it's imperative to know that. You know, uh, fortunately, Normal. I'm an onophile. Like I'm, a, I'm like a wine guy. So, uh, you know, drinking helps, but there are, there are these stereotypical, um, you know, notions that I think girls do have, Oh, he's a drinker, you know, but like, I think, you know, we, you kind of get past that at a certain point to, to realize like, Hey, like, you know, you just, just trying to survive or just trying to you really do enjoy yourself, you know, at the, really, you know, I get the very least survive, but 
just trying to enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, see, you get sure. it because you, you know you were you remember what it's like being twenty seven and having to maybe go to some singles events. <laughs> what, oh yeah. What, what, what was it like back then? Because it's it's it's. Uh, I don't know if it's much has changed now. It's certainly, certainly, it's I, a little bit different. I can I, certainly tell you that people are a lot more open minded or I guess mm-hmm. evolved. I, I don't want to come off in like a derogatory way. Just like no one cares now. Like you play Backstreet Boys, you play Britney Spears, you know, you're, you're, you're drinking. Like the truth is, you know, as parties like that, people are actually like intrigued by that. They're like, Oh wow. Like I know I'm from, you're from, we can connect. Um, that's interesting. How is it? What was it? I'm sure in your day, cause in your day it was still, it was still like, Oh my God! You know, <gasps> listens to Goyish music. You know, he has a he, <laughs> he has a smartphone, and they just as you know, like I, I, I probably honestly a lot more tumultuous. I'd probably say maybe. I mean, I think even just in the last few years, where COVID has really opened up um, this new way of dating, like these you know WhatsApp groups where you have the guys and the girls, and like everybody's sort of texting each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's different. That, that, I would say that's the biggest difference. Um, not that I didn't do my share of like, you know, texting, um, but not in that, like t- texting the random guy, like usually with somebody that like I knew or had dated or so, whatever. Yeah. Right. But um, I think that in some ways it's good. I think that it, you know, opens the world and makes it, you know, a smaller place and more people know more people and can set people up or yeah. not as much pressure. Like, when your friends are like friendly with someone first, you can get to know them in a very different way. Um, and I think that's great, but also I think that also lends itself to a lot of heartbreak and misunderstanding. Um, yeah. So a little bit different in that sense, I guess, as far as much as far as what I know, right. I don't know all the differences of how things are exactly now, just from what I hear from people that I speak to. Well, if you ask those people, I'm sure they're going to tell you how debonair and, uh, you know, confident I was at these events and had nothing to do with the wine. (laughs) Um, No, you know, I always have Avery as my wingman on the side. He'll be here soon, folks, and we'll we'll go through that. Uh, I'll I'll send him your best, Rivka. Um, You know, but just finishing up here and getting to the last few. Um, So so you mentioned there something interesting. under you know like sometimes going to the uh, you get to a point especially like at the end of the summer you're like i am just done like i'm done going to these events i can't take it you know i'm yontif is coming up and i'm gonna be around my family and people Uh, when do you know you know when do you know like how do you understand when dating may or may not be a good thing for you yeah good question so there's a lot of different answers depending on, you know, are you just talking like you're burnt out or you feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that you need to work on um, before you, you know, date slash find the person that you want to marry because we really want to be and follow me here. We want to be the person that the person that we want to marry wants you to be. Do you follow mm-hmm. me? Yeah. 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 So, and sometimes we're really not that and we can recognize it. I mean, I think we're worse off if we don't recognize that. Yes, um, so, 100%. If you're in that denial, yeah. for sure you refute that, yeah. Yeah, so like we want to be the, our healthiest self. And we want to be in the place like 
not just like mental health wise, but also like religion and spiritual spirituality wise, you know, so there's, there's a lot, right. And I think just like continuing to be stuck in this hamster wheel of like just going on dates can really wear you down. Whereas like maybe at the very beginning when you were like, you know, fresh eyed and all ready to like take on this shidduch dating or whatever sort of dating you are, but sort of within the shidduch world, um, you know, you kept all of those things strong and you can get really worn down when like things are just not working out. And especially in society that really discriminates against singles, different topics for a different Thank time. Thank you. Perhaps. Thank but. you. Um, <laughs> hello. Can you sign my petition? Like seriously, no, um, not that I the have. petition's going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it that it's, I know this is like deviating from our topic, but I think that there's a special type of pain that comes from being an older single and, you know, like the rest of the world really just needs to be more sensitive. I appreciate And that. there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, yeah. I think people are just not aware. It, it's so true. And I, I hope we're helping people become aware of it. Certainly, certainly it's like this. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm just going to try to draw a parallel. You know, I'm just going to try a, draw a parallel here. And uh, it's going to be a little bit of a wild you know, a wild stretched parallel, but like, you know, let's say for example, with racism. Okay. So whatever racism is, obviously there's, it, it could be a catchphrase. It could be a, it could be a real thing. It can be something someone's living with. It could be something someone's making money off of you know, living with in a different way. But you know, if people just stop talking about racism, a hundred percent dropped it, you know, I think we're living in a world that's, you know, um, whether they're caring enough or, you know, things are settled enough or perhaps it's fast, fast enough where people will just move on. They're just going to move on. Mm-hmm. And if no one's going to mention it or talk about it, then uh, you'll have a whole generation is like, oh, I don't know, well, what is racism, you know? So like I said, it's a, it's a very wild comparison. It's mm-hmm. a stretch, but, you know, cross that over to like Shaduchim in a way. You know, we now have this podcast, we have platforms, we have Shurim with Torah, you know, uh, we have Shurim on Torah anytime, and everyone now knows someone single. You know, for, 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 for 70 years when, you know, Europeans, uh, Middle Easterners, all our Jewish brothers and sisters moved, moved over, you know, came to America, they... They, it wasn't talked about. It was just, it was stopped. Everyone had that weird uncle or weird aunt or distant, you know, and, and, and that was it. Like you never heard of anyone else or never talked. But now it's prevalent. Everyone knows somebody. So it's out there and it's discussed. And certainly a paramount to everything, imperative to all of it. I tell people like Hashem's given you this struggle in life. Do not belittle it. It's real. It's, 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 in my opinion, one of the toughest things you can go through in this life, just being alone. And if you can't wake up, accept it, acknowledge it, and try to educate others on it, then you're missing the whole boat. You know, then, Mm -hmm. then God, you know, God sends the boat, you know, the guy comes, the house is drowning. Everyone knows the the, the, the mm-hmm. parallel the house is drowning the boat comes the car comes the helicopter he goes to god why'd you come right that literally this is you know this is what he wants you to advocate for and this is what he wants people to really understand so i do appreciate that you understand this 
um, you know, I guess as methodically as I was able to deliver it, uh, but certainly like, um, you know, f- like really fathom this, this, this true, true, um, um, you know, burdensome um, quandary some people are in. But at the same time, there's a lot of opportunity and good things about it as well. I'm not going to say, you know, it's just totally, totally, totally down. Um, okay, getting to our last few topics here. Um, so uh, just wanted to ask you, um, you know, uh, is oversharing a real thing? It can, can you overshare with like a dating coach too much information? Maybe like, do you need to be like, maybe you need to be more content in some ways, just pick up strategy. Is that something? Cause that's something I think oversharing with of, a dating coach. Yeah. What do you mean? Like you're telling the dating coach too much. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's like, you know, it's it's I guess becomes your drug in a way, you know, becomes your quick fix rather than maybe uh-huh. you mean like relying on a dating coach too much. Yes, because again, that's that is what people are content with, you know, there or maybe, you know, would hold them back like, oh, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, take it from there. Yeah, sure. Because when you said oversharing, I thought you meant like oversharing with your date. Because that's definitely a thing, right? Saying too much too fast. But over-reliance on a dating coach is an interesting question. And I think I would say that hopefully if you're self-aware and if you have a good coach, like they'll be able to tell you what that balance is supposed to be. Give you the skills to be able to understand things and make decisions on your own. Right. Because you're right. You know, it's like a parallel. If you're in therapy forever, right. The same thing. If you're, you know, your whole dating career, so to speak, you're talking to a dating coach, let's say like every week, it's like begging the question of, are you getting any skills or are you just sort of relying on someone else's opinion? So, right. Because it's not, and and a good dating coach is not going to give you, their opinion. It's, they're going to help you figure out how you feel about something and what something means to you. And in that, you should be able to get the skills to be able to do this on your own. So then I guess my answer is yes. Okay. I like that. Um, uh, Rifka, is there anything else um, you wanted to bring up? You know, I usually like to let, uh, um, you know, our guests pick, uh, you know, any, anything we haven't gone through. Um, you know, certainly could take a few, few, uh, a minute or so. Anything else? you? Yeah, want to sure. Um, I think something that's important to talk about just briefly is I think that a lot of people are looking for that perfect person, right? Especially, you know, if they have like a list of names and, you know, they go out with somebody and they're not like perfect, right? There's something that comes up or, you know, they just don't feel that spark right away. They're like, really quick to go on to the next person. And I think it's really important, especially when you get to the age of like, you know, your upper twenties and you've been doing this for a long time to think about like, Mm -hmm. what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Are you throwing out people that really like could have worked for you? Um, because I, I, I really believe everybody has their flaws. Everybody has their challenges and you know, it's not about is the person perfect, but are they perfect for me? And we might not know what that is, right? We might have this picture of the person that we're going to marry. And then we're like really surprised by the person that we end up with because it just, it works. And I see that a lot with older singles that, 
they don't end up with the person that they thought that they were going to marry. Like externally, they don't look like that. The you know, what they're doing, where they went to school or yeshiva, you know, all of these different things. And I think it's really important to remember like who they are internally. What are the things that work for you? Um, and, and I really believe that like, you have to like take that all together to see if that person works for you. It's not about perfection. Um, especially like if they have something obvious that, you know, says to you like, they're not perfect. Think about like, how do they deal with that? And I'm not talking about like, yeah. you know, they don't have good meetos, they're rude and they put other people down. They're aggressive or they're arrogant or they have some sort of addiction. Those are like, big red flags. Those are like, could be stopping points depending on the context, but right, those are, the, but anything else really could be fair game unless there's some sort of like weird deal breaker for you. Right. Or not weird. Like, I don't know. Like if you don't want somebody who uh, watches movies, let's say, right. If that's the place you're in, fine. Right. That's real. But I don't know. They have some sort of diagnosis, whether it's physical health or mental health. Like how do they deal with it? Because you realize that anybody could have, you know, have anything happen to them at any time, but, and they can fall apart, but somebody who has a diagnosis and they're dealing with it and they're living a great life. And, you know, that maybe this is a person who's diagnosed with anxiety and they're living a better life than the person who has anxiety is not diagnosed. And so it's just thinking about, you know, is this person somebody that I can live with? Is this person somebody that I'm going to be able to say, you know, I can support them. They can support me. It's going to work. Not, are they perfect? Because externally, you know, is anybody perfect? <laughs> I am. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I, I hear that. And, and I, and I would, I would take what you just said, very like solid, ample advice. And I would, I would, you know, stretch, I would like totally implement it in the strategy, in, into the strategy. And, and I would like, I'd like for listen I would like for people out there to really figure out like what, you know, what am I maybe being a little bit too meticulous on? What am I being a little bit maybe, you know, too trite on like mm-hmm. this? I you know, can I go, can I like, can I go, can I, can I loosen up on this or can I loosen up on that? And for, mm-hmm. for, the more close-minded people out there, and I know I say close-minded, yes, it means, you know, everyone out there, because, you know, really, really at the end of the day, till it hits you, till it falls on your doorstep, till it goes in your backyard, you know, older, us older singles, at a certain point, you know, we want to live, we want to have a life, and we have to start cutting that list of, of quote-unquote, the the important things so that's why hashkafa is is lessened that's why financial status is lessened that's why looks are you know lowered that's why uh steadiness is lowered you know when you have all those years to work on yourself and you're really doing the work if they are then you're more of a full person and you don't need that much. So, uh, or you know exactly what you need. You know, you know what exactly what you need. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why it looks like 
oh, yeah, well, I don't want to be someone older and just uh, give up. It's not giving <laughs> up. It's overcoming or just adapting, changing, whatever kind of jargon or argo you want to use there. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. Recognizing what's important, right? No one's asking you to compromise in anything that's important. It's just being more aware of what's actually important. Exactly. At Rifka, but at that, you know, at that time, because at that time it's going to change. You know, it's, it's, it's just a constant. Hopefully, right. It's just constant. Yeah, we hope. It's true. It's true. You know, it's certainly a lot of people out there who I, you know, are in the Shidduch core. And um, yeah, I I feel bad. I I have, I feel bad for all of us, by the way. It's not like, oh, I just feel bad for them. And I, I, I feel bad for everyone. There's plenty of feeling bad, like to go around. You know, we're all struggling with it. It's really, it's, you know, like we said before, it's a crazy challenge. Um, I'm not going to perseverate too much anymore, but um, I do appreciate any final thoughts from you before, um, you know, we get to the end of the show uh, to our closing. Um, No, I mean, I think that that thing that I said before about finding, you know, perfect for you, I think that's the main point. That would be my final thought. If that could stick with everybody, if that's the only thing they took from this conversation, I think that's important. Yeah, no, I love that really, and and, um, and cutting that list down, I would I would push, you know, I would push, you know, and because I, I could say because I'm just I'm the host, you know, uh, contributors, a professional, just as yourself, licensors, you know, I understand, you know, but, uh, but I I could just tell them that, like I'll tell it how it is, but anyway, <laughs> we uh, very very much appreciate you coming on, Mrs. Rifka Janowski Rockind, okay. Um, um, a psychotherapist, right? Uh, I'm sorry, a, a dating coach. Um, and tell just tell people where they could find you, and you know if it, I don't know if you see patients or clients, uh, you know, yeah, um, sure. information on that. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I'm only licensed in Maryland to provide therapy, but dating coaching is not regulated like that. So I provide dating coaching for people wherever they are, either by phone or by video calls. Um, you can just Google my name; you'll find my website. You can also look me up on Instagram, just Rifka Janowski. Okay, excellent, awesome. Okay, so uh, that's where that's where you could find uh, Rifka, um, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, welcome to the Nobody Talk Shaduchim family. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you on Shirk Date Burnout? Getting some anxiety or just need someone to talk to about all those DMs and WhatsApps? Ahuva Shandelman is a licensed psychotherapist and the founder of Holy Shid. She treats clients with care, empathy, and a ton of shit. Ahuva can be reached anywhere as she treats clients virtually and is also based in Rockland County for office hours. She can be contacted if you're interested via email ahuvashandelman at gmail.com or DM her on Insta at holy two underscores shit. IJ and Avery love her. You will too. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, as promised, Avery called us in from his shidduch date with Destiny. Um, <laughs> Avery, how's it going today? The audience wants to clap for you. Uh, today... <laughs> today is a day that we're living in for me okay yes because uh, we're, we're, we're doing like we're doing the podcast remote. <laughs> 
Um, Apparently we are. But seriously jumping into it, um, as you know, this episode is dating coach consultation, okay? And, you know, in this episode, we're discussing um, tidbits with, uh, you know, Coach Rifka, um, and she's basically guiding us through some things um, that dating coaches can help people and a little bit of her own story, a little bit of... uh, uh, of you know uh, giving us some 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 assistance in dating you know maybe some let you know letting it out um what do you what do you have to say avery on this topic when we bring up dating coaches uh, it's funny uh i think people generally have a uh, skeptical view on dating coaches people who especially have just started shit dating sorry i'm in and had folks if you hear some cursing and some attacks against Republicans, you know why. Um, <laughs> I think people, I think people, especially when they start dating, have this view that they are the uh, all-knowing. They're the omnipotent dater. They know who's mm-hmm. the best, what their personality should be, exactly what it's going to look like. And uh, as time goes on and people's dating careers, I feel like they begin to understand that maybe it's best to discuss this with somebody uh, other than themselves or Revy or their family, people who have spoken to other people who are having real dating troubles and travails. I think that is always, uh, you know, a, a, a smart response. Oh, I thought that guy needs a dating coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think, I, I really do think that, that people should, it definitely is helpful to seek counsel in any particular uh, field, you know. So I yeah I agree I, I yeah. agree. Um, you know, cer- certainly you don't want people to um, feel like you know going to see a dating coach you know could be maybe you know um, uh, aggrand- aggrandizing in some way, like to make it a bigger deal than it is. Uh, mm-hmm. But but. Um, why can't it, you know, just be something normal? You know, you call up a financial advisor for finance advice. Uh, you call up your rabbi from for rabbinic consultation. You have a dating coach for for dating purposes. Avery, Avery tell me, you know, if you told your uh, mother that you were going to see a dating coach, or let's say your grandmother even, you know, what would they respond? Tell me. <laughs> I think years ago they would say, you know, what do you need this for? You know what you're doing. You just go and do it. You know, just go on a date, see what happens. Like, just, what do you need a dating coach for? Yeah. Or very, other things. I mean, like, oh, my, my family. Yeah. I mean, like, in, in Europe, back when the Jews first came over to this country and started to revolutionize American Jewish dating, there was no... Um, there was, there was no North Star. There was nothing to look at as an ideal relationship. We were all coming off, I mean, the majority of the, of the firm world was coming off of a traumatic experience such as what went on in World War II and the like. So we didn't really have a model for what a healthy relationship and what is a normal relationship in this era in 2020. Well, sorry. Sounds in like 2022. <laughs> yeah, they do agree. They're beeping me yeah, over that one. They didn't like when I said uh, World War II. You know what? Screw you guys. But, uh, but. 
Yeah, but I, I really <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, no, but I really think that when people like like there you, go. you have told me, you're somebody who has pushed me to go and seek uh, expert help in a number of areas in life. I'm sorry, now I'm taken. Um, but <laughs> the, the, you're someone who has has, and I give you a lot of credit for this. You know, you understand. We understand that we have limited capabilities, limited. Yes. Ability to push ourselves forward, you know, mm-hmm. and work. If you don't know something, what's the first person your boss will say? If, if you know, if you want to get better at your job, you want to get better at working out, hire a coach, hire a trainer, hire yeah. somebody to help yeah. you. You don't just wish it to get better. You don't just do it without professional guidance. Yeah, you know, a, 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 uh, you know. <laughs> I think that I tell people, I tell them, if you're stuck at a problem at work. What are you going to do? You're going to go to your manager. You're going to go to a director at the company. You're going to go to someone who can help you. And sometimes it might not even be so, you know, people might not even have the acumen to do that um, or at least go to people who have that acumen. So, um, you know, I get it that, you know, when you're shirk dating, especially when you're young, you're not really working. You're not really, or you might not be, at least in the beginning, um, mm-hmm. you know, so just like you'd go to a rabbi or a friend, or obviously those who are listening to the podcast, you know, be okay going to a dating coach. You know, I had that epiphany moment when I turned a certain age and I said, why haven't I been in a relationship? You know, mm-hmm. no, notice what I notice how I said it there. It wasn't like, why wasn't I married? Why wouldn't I have success and shit do him? It was like, how can I not be in a relationship already? And I'm willing, I'm re, I'm willing at this point. I'm not. I I I am not. I'm willing at this point to accept the fact that I'm not taking the blame, but I'm certainly going to take responsibility. The blame goes mm-hmm. on others. The school I went to, the rabbi, whatever, whatever. But the responsibility I'm ready to jump in and take because where else am I going to go? <laughs> How else am I going to get this done? It's as simple as that. Um, are yeah. there are, are there are yeah. can, can, can dating? Uh, uh, how do you know it's vibing well in the beginning? Like what's what's a good benchmark? Because I think a lot of people are afraid or have this stereotypical, um, you know, thing in their mind, you know, probably like tainted in a way where they think, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go. What are they going to tell me that's different? What are they going to tell me? What are some things that people can be aware of and perceptive when they're first initiating that relationship with the dating coach? What can they think or expect or try to realize in order to say, hey, this is the real thing? Yeah. So I would, what I would look for out of a dating coach, I mean, not that I am a dating coach or have any sort of particular success in this area of my life and the relationship area of my life because I do not. So if people are listening to me and they're wondering why, as am I. Um, but <laughs> what I would say uh, for that in terms of uh, what you look for is what you look for in all your friends, really, in a friend, in a relationship with your parents, is somebody who genuinely wants the best for you despite you may not, you not possibly thinking that that's the best thing and uh, someone who's going to be honest with you and tell you like it is. And, you know, obviously you don't want someone who's there to bilk you out of money. Um, I have a friend who began using a dating coach like seven or eight dates into uh, his relationship. And he's an Uber Yeshivish guy. And he was somebody who would 
you know, probably laugh at the idea of using Eugene the English, but he did. And he even convinced his now wife to do it with him. And what impressed him about the dating coach was the dating coach didn't beat around the book. She was a very honest person. She told him, you know, the, the girl was hesitant. She had a few things that she, she was, you know, not so thrilled with at the time. Maybe they were personal. You know, they really didn't necessarily have to do with him. But she told him like it is. And she, at one point, even said to him, if you're not interested, you don't want this to continue because it's taking too long and it's not on your schedule. It would be within your right to not pursue the relationship. And he stuck it out, and now they're married. You know, thank God. Is that how uh, it works? If they're happy, who knows? I don't know. I don't take responsibility for that. But, what is that how it works? Uh, you, you tell me. I don't. I don't know. I was asking, like, oh, is that how it works? Uh, then I guess. <laughs> right. Well, it sounds like you you really could use <laughs> a a traffic coach over there. Yeah, I need a trap. That was Bernie Sanders lookalike. He saw me handing out money to people. He didn't like it. Now that I hear, um, yeah. you know, and and uh, I guess uh, let you know. Well, last thoughts before um, you know we we let you get back to your um, you know returning of, returning of the ring to um, to uh, you know uh, Isengard over there. Um, ah. uh, <laughs> you know, from the Hobbit, um, right, Mordor. Mordor, right? That was it. Um, like, you know, how how do how do how does one maintain momentum with someone you just met without getting, you know, too anxious about the future? This was something that that was a great question that came up with my conversation with uh, Coach Rifka. Um, What do you think are some you know big key points for that? How to continue momentum? Yeah, within dating. Yeah, uh, with regard to a dating coach, or just with regard to yourself, like figuring your bringing yourself up. Well, well, both actually, but certainly more, you know, more like towards the dating coach. Right. Um, I, I think let's see, momentum from dating is. I feel like it's sort of like. Um, Dating, as Shrek would say, it's like like an onion, and you're peeling off the layers of the person, you know, and you're just sort of putting yourself uh, as close as you can. You're getting yourself as close as you can to the center of that onion so they can see the full you. Uh, obviously, don't do it right away. That'd be weird. You know, that's, that's like the uh, antithesis of what dating should be. It's probably oversharing. But I think that, that dating is really you know, pursuing that inner truth on each side. And in order to get that momentum going, you have to start by being really vulnerable. And, you know, people have a hard time with this. I did, and I've had a hard time with it myself uh, in the past. And certainly until today, you know, in many areas, there were things that I was, uh, I don't know, embarrassed of bringing up or not interested in talking about for, you know, whatever reason, like I didn't want to, tell me why I had a podcast because I thought I'd be looked at differently by the shit up world and you know I've sort of come to understand that maybe I was looked at differently by the shit up world good I'm happy to be looked at differently you know that's like a part of the personality that's part of who I am it's, it's, it's something that 
you know, I cherish my value and I should be happy about it. You know, like that's sort of what will uh, mold, meld you together. I think, or at least meld me together with, you know, my personal relationship with friends and family and whoever. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you could speak to it as much as I could. I don't have that much experience uh, within relationships, but, but you know, the Thomas guy and I just got, got along really well. Excellent. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, he may propose. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Avery's always setting up uh, everyone. A- Avery, we appreciate once again your your pragmatic innuendo, and uh, uh, it has it's always a pleasure. Um, we should do this again, where you know you're just uh, a guest calling in for a few minutes, and I take over what? the entire show. Yes, yes. <laughs> What? Who knows what could happen after that? All right, Avery. Please tell the people uh, where they can find you. Don't find me. <laughs> Don't find. And, uh, and and you want to leave them off? Happy face, silly face, uh, smiley face. Go, go ahead. Uh, yeah. No, I I will see you guys in uh, in the triumph. I don't know. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Avery, the dead may never die. Okay, Avery, excellent, excellent. All right, very good, I'll Avery. See we'll, all right. we'll see you. Pleasure talking to you. Bye bye. Because you know I'm all about All right. This episode is in the books. Obviously, I have Avery's favorite song by his favorite person, Megan Trainer. I'm just kidding. Probably hates her. I love Megan Trainer. Megan Trainer, marry me. With the Spy Kids kid. Anyway, um, I wanted to tell you that this was. Uh, uh, definitely a fun episode to do all alone. Uh, had uh, did have Rifka here um, on the phone, and we had Avery also also call in. Um, and uh, yeah, look, hopefully you know a little bit more what it's like, you know, dating coach, what to do, going for that. Uh, check this up though on the web page. All right, before you leave us, I put up um, I put up three links actually. <laughs> I uh, put up a few links, and uh, one of them is to a TikToker. Uh, her name is That Girl Orly. She's very funny. I like her stuff a lot. I don't know her. If anyone knows, hey, make the introduction. Have her, let's bring her on the show. But she is very funny. Uh, there's a video I like, so I'm linking to, to her page. Um, something about getting up for shul early, <laughs> you know, a solution for that. So t- take a look at that. Uh, we have some other, you know, shidduch dater f- fun makers on, on TikTok, basically. Uh, so we put up a few links on that. So that's under shidduchpodcast.com uh, under articles, shidduchpodcast.com under articles. Folks, uh, I've enjoyed the time. This has been a wonderful episode um, of the Nobody Talks Shaduchim Podcast. This is episode 71, Dating Coach Consultation. Um, and as I usually end off, happy face, smiley face, silly face. Nobody Talks Shaduchim Podcast. Alchi's Media Network.